Ready to end overwhelm and turn your dreams into inspired action? Welcome to the Get Fired Up and Focus podcast, where you'll learn how to plan, prioritize, and fire up your productivity so you can work less and live more. And now your host, MBA award-winning business strategist and Mama Panur, Rachel Cook. If you're ready to get fired up and focused, I've created a free 21-day course to help you get laser-focused, turbocharge your productivity, and get bigger results faster in your business. Give me 30 minutes a day, and I'll show you how you can work less and live more. Visit firedupandfocus.com slash podcast to get instant access to the entire Fired Up and Focused challenge delivered to your inbox daily, as well as exclusive bonuses only available to podcast listeners. You're listening to the Get Fired Up and Focused podcast, episode 17. Now that we've taken a few episodes on the big picture, that 10,000 foot view of what you're creating in your business, it's time to dive in and get laser focused. I know that after discovering these exciting things like your business sweet spot and your painted picture, you're probably swimming in a pool full of ideas about how you're going to move your business forward. As an entrepreneur, again, we're idea machines. We love coming up with new ideas, new ways that we can serve, new ways that we can get our message out into the world and that we can grow our business with. And the problem is it can be really overwhelming. All these ideas can actually be so challenging to figure out which one to move forward with. As Richard Branson says, ideas are like buses. There's always another one coming. So when there's always this onslaught of ideas happening for us creative types, how do you know which idea is the right idea to act on first? I've got a very simple and strategic framework to help you start to vet your ideas. I have to do this to filter through the lists and lists of ideas that I'm always coming up with. And yes, that's lists, plural. That's because I'm just like you. I've always got new ideas bubbling up and I keep them in a running document that I call an idea parking lot. An idea parking lot is really simple. It could be a journal, a Google doc, an Evernote. The key is to create one area where you'll keep all of those great ideas so that you can come back to them later instead of changing course, shifting direction every other week when a new idea pops up. Every once in a while, I'll check in, review the idea parking lot, and see if there's one I want to pull out and start working on. Honestly, some ideas will sit there for a long time. I know that if I want to see my business make forward movement, make forward motion towards my big goals, I've got to be very strategic about which ideas I take action on. Because like we've discussed throughout the Get Fired Up and Focus podcast, I have to make sure that I'm both moving my business forward while also taking precious care of myself and my family, having plenty of time and space available for this work-life balance is really important to me. So without a decision-making process, it's really easy to get caught up and distracted by all these bright and shiny ideas. We want to make sure that we're focused on the right things in your business. So here's the three big criteria to choose your next big idea. 
First is the most profitable idea. Which idea that you're looking at is the most profitable one? Now there's two sides to this, two answers you must have in order to make the right decision. The first part of it is, do you need cash flow ASAP? Bills are coming due, you've gotta pay the rent, and you know that you need to be turning this idea around and making money from it within the next 30 days. If that's the case, then chances are your most profitable idea is likely going to be exchanging your time for money by working with people one-on-one as a teacher, a coach, or a service provider. Now, I hear you. You might be saying, wait, wait, wait. I want to move away from that model. I want to move away from dollars for hours. I want to create something more leveraged or passive that allows me to work with more people in less time. And I hear you. This is something that I spend all of my time inside of conscious business design, helping people to learn and implement in their business. But here's the truth that most people just aren't telling you. It takes time to create that business model. And it's hard to create those leveraged or passive income streams when you're already strapped for cash and you're under financial pressure. The moment that you can release that pressure simply by bringing on a few private teaching, coaching, or one-on-one service clients, you will have the financial cushion, the runway that you need. And that runway will allow you to have the time and space to create those leveraged or passive income streams without putting too much stress on yourself or on your business. So if you don't need cash ASAP, if you already have that steady income stream that will cover your basis, then you're in a different ballpark. Maybe you're building your business on the side while your full-time gig is paying the bills. Maybe you've got some existing retainer clients that are covering your basic business expenses. The key here is if you have that existing income or you have a financial cushion, then you can focus on the longer term ideas. The truth is leveraged and passive income streams. So working in groups, creating online coaching programs or online information products, creating virtual offerings. They do have the capacity for more long-term profitability. But again, I see a lot of people who rush into these too fast without a safety net. These types of offerings generally will take a lot longer than you might think to get off the ground. It takes a lot of work and there's a lot of moving parts to create leveraged or passive income. In fact, I can tell you that after running Conscious Business Design since 2011, running the program at least a dozen or more times, it has taken me hundreds, if not over a thousand hours to create and facilitate that program not to mention everything that goes into launching it and marketing it and filling it up. You'll find that pursuing a leveraged or passive business model requires a lot more marketing. And that's because you'll need a bigger audience. You'll have to get more eyeballs on it in order to fill 100 or 200 or 500 seats in your programs or to sell that many information products. On the flip side, If you focus your attention on -on one-on-one work, it really doesn't require as many people to buy your offerings in order to be profitable. 
And you can even fill a lot of those spots simply by asking for referrals and offering that opportunity, that offering to your existing community. I just wanted to throw those little caveats out there so that you have a realistic picture of what's going to be the most profitable idea for you to pursue based on your current financial situation and the time frame available to you. The next criteria for choosing your next big idea is what idea is the most sustainable idea? What idea can you commit to for the next 90 days and still be sure that you're able to meet your basic needs? It's so important that you're honest with yourself here. How long of a time frame can you do the hustling it will take to get this idea out into the world without feeling burned out? I know that personally, I can only go a few weeks at that pace before I start to feel the effects. I will notice that my voice will absolutely disappear. I know that I'll need a lot more self-care during those high hustle times, especially during a launch, which tends to be the busiest time frame for me. I think this is really important because we've talked a lot throughout the Get Fired Up and Focus podcast about creating more balance in your life. And you need to know that balance is not a noun. It's not something you achieve and then it's sitting there like a trophy on a shelf. It's a verb. It's something that you're actively working on. You have to make sure in the act of balancing over the course of a week or a month or a season that you're taking care of yourself that you're investing time and energy into your own self-care, connecting with your family and your friends, getting eight hours of of sleep every night, making sure that you have time for wellness and your own health, and all of these different things that make up a rich, beautiful, vibrant life. So ask yourself, is this idea going to require you to dramatically shift your schedule for an extended period of time? It might. And you have to really decide if that's okay or not. Personally, I know that about 80% of my year is going to be a really laid back schedule. It's going to be exactly like my model calendar, exactly how I like it. I'll be running conscious business design. I might work with a few private clients. I'm working with my team. I might have some creative things I'm working on in the background, writing a book. But it's a very laid back, sustainable pace that feels really natural to me. It helps me make sure that all of my needs are met. But the other 20%, that's the hustle. I wish I could say that you'll never have to hustle again, that once you get your business up and running, it'll just magically hum right along. But the truth is, there is always going to be a need for hustle in your business, especially if you're launching something. If you're an online entrepreneur like I am, and your business doesn't have things that just are recurring all the time, you don't sell products um, on your website, you have things that launch at specific time frames, then it's just going to take a lot more of your time during that short period in order to make it happen. So for me, a big element of building a business that loves me back is making sure that after those busy hustle periods, I'm taking time off to decompress, building in those business shavasanas immediately after running a fired up and focused challenge or launching conscious business design. 
It helps to bring me back to balance more quickly and make sure that during the rest of the year, I'm not always recovering from those fast-paced hustle periods. Know yourself and know how much time you need in order to rebound from those busy time periods. So we've talked about, is this the most profitable idea? We've talked about, is this the most sustainable idea? The final criteria to choosing the next big idea is, is this the most awesome idea? And of course, awesome is subjective. It's all about what's lighting you up the most. What are you the most excited about? Ultimately, the ideas on the list that you're feeling the least excitement about are not going to be your best work. You'll lose steam. You'll come up with reasons why you don't want to do it. And at the end of the day, you just won't see the results you're looking for. So the best idea to move forward can't just be about the money. It has to be about what your soul is calling for you to do and to put out into the world. So as you've gone through these three criteria, we've vetted your ideas Hopefully you're down to one, the one that you're going to put all of your energy behind. You're going to commit to it for the next 90 days. I found that 90 days is the perfect time frame because it's just long enough to make meaningful progress towards a big goal, but not so long that you find yourself getting kind of lost in the weeds and you lose the enthusiasm. Now that doesn't mean it's all hustle for an entire 90 days but it does mean you have a clear end date in mind for when you're going to launch this thing or get to another major milestone. You might find that it's not possible to create and launch something completely from start to finish in just 90 days. You might only focus on one big milestone, which is creating this new offering or just launching that new offering or the offering that you already have. And that's totally okay. You have to decide what the major goal is, the major milestone is for this big idea, and then map out your action plan to help you get there. So let's take a look at this and reverse engineer a plan so that you can put the pieces together and put them in your calendar, your project management system, and start moving forward. Reverse engineering is something I absolutely love to do, and most people who are very strategic think this way. We start with that end milestone, that end piece, and start planning backwards. So I want to walk you through an example so I can show you how you can apply this and start reverse engineering your 90-day plans. Let's say that your end milestone is to have five new private clients. You're offering some sort of service where you work with someone one-on-one. So maybe you're a designer, a copywriter, a coach. Most people listening to this are probably starting or have done some sort of one-on-one offering. Simply by saying what you want that end result to be, that big milestone at the end of those 90 days, will help you to work backwards and figure out the action steps that need to happen in order to reach that end result. This is totally telling the universe, hey, this is what I want. I want to welcome five new private clients. Let's move backwards from those five new private clients. 
before they sign on the dotted line to work with you and send you their money, you have to formally invite them to work with you, which means you need to have an agreement and an invoice ready to go. These are two pieces of a puzzle that you'll want to have ready, prepared in advance, so that it's easy to accept those private clients. Backing up another step, before you can invite them, you have to talk to them. You have to have some sort of interview process in place. Maybe you're offering a free coaching session, strategy session, clarity session, or you'll do just doing a straight up interview or get to know you session. You'll have to schedule those free sessions and get them into your calendar. So there's a couple other things you need in order to do that. You need a scheduling tool and possibly an intake form to allow you to learn more about your prospect before you invite them to have access to your calendar to book that appointment. It also might mean that you need some sort of application in place, something to screen people and make sure that they are a good fit for the type of service that you offer. And backing up another step, before they can become interested in applying, they have to hear about you. How do you get people to apply? Well, they have to know who you are and make sure that they're interested in the types of things that you offer. So how can they hear about you? It could be as simple as sending out a few emails over a week or two about this offering, this service that you're trying to fill. Maybe you'll also post on social media a few times to let people know that you have a few openings available for one-on-one client work. Backing up a step from that, before you send those emails or post those social media posts, you have to write those things. So you've got to take some time to map out those emails, write them, load them into your email system, and also pre-write and schedule some of those social media posts. Before you hit send on those emails, you've also got to make sure that that application is ready to go. That thing that they're going to actually fill out in order to see if they're fit to work with you, before you invite them to work in your program, you need an application. And you also need that application to live somewhere. So it's probably going to live somewhere like what I call an invitation page. And that invitation page is what you'll be sending people to when they're reading that email or reading that social media post. It's an invitation page where you're laying out your offer, telling them the details, who it's perfect for, all the benefits, the results you're promising, and inviting them to take the next step of filling out an application. So we've reversed engineered this entire process, what you have to have in place in order to get those five people as private clients. So it's a lot of steps, right? But now we have a clear action plan in order to gain five new clients in the next 90 days. We have to write an invitation page, build the invitation page on the actual website, create an application and add that to your invitation page, set up some sort of scheduling tool, create a client agreement, write those invitation emails and social media posts. We're going to have and block out time for those potential client interviews and have agreements and invoices ready to send. So it's a lot of little pieces in order to get one person enrolled into a one-on-one service, coaching, or teaching program. And if you don't have something set up already, you maybe just need to start with your mailing list. Maybe you need to get a program set up to help you schedule people online without having to do a lot of back and forth. Maybe you need to set up some sort of tool to accept applications. As you start to work on your big idea, 
I want you to remember that you know what you know, you know what you don't know, but you don't know what you don't know. And that's where the uncertainty and where the fear of the unknown comes in. It takes a lot of courage and a lot of faith to put something new out there, to put yourself out into the world in a big way. So just by taking this first step, even if it means you're going through this reverse engineering process, you need to know up front that there will probably be some gaps that you don't know about yet. There will be some steps missing, some things that you won't know you need until it's the next thing you need to figure out. Trust that you will figure these things out as you continue to move forward. Reverse engineering will help clear up 80% of the uncertainty, but you're still going to have to take those leaps of faith as you go. Just keep taking that next step in front of you and the next step in front of that and the next step in front of that. Eventually, any of the gaps that are missing right now as you're trying to plan, they'll come to light and you will figure it out as you go. You'll go through this entire process and you will get to your end result. You just have to be willing to learn as you're going. The final piece that I want you to think about now that we've reverse engineered your 90-day plan is as you're looking at it, could you simplify it even more? And what I mean by that is for this idea you're working on, especially if it's the first time you've done something like this, could you strip it down? Could you bring it down to Zen-like simplicity instead of trying to go out the gate with a huge, complicated launch strategy or a huge complicated plan. Again, if this is the first time you've done it, maybe we need to scale things back, make it more doable so that you feel more confident about it. Maybe it's something you could just have a beta test with where you're doing really simple, simple systems and tools before you go off and invest a lot of time and energy and money before you've proved to yourself that This is something that works. It's something your community actually wants and needs. So for example, maybe if you're looking at launching something, instead of trying to go out there and hire a video crew in order to create a free video training series, maybe you start with something a lot simpler. Maybe you just host a webinar. Maybe it's not perfectly polished and it's just what you're capable of doing at this very moment with the least amount of investment, but gives you all the information you need to figure out if this is a topic, if this is a type of thing your community could be interested in. All you need to do is test the idea, get your feet wet, see if it works for you. Allow yourself to be where you are in your business. Just start. If you start this whole process by looking at everyone else out there, everyone who's been doing this for years and who actually has gone through the process a lot, if you try to start doing what they're doing at the level that they're at and you compare yourself to someone who's several steps ahead or even several years ahead of you, you're comparing your beginning to someone else's middle. You're comparing someone else's entire highly produced show to your behind the scenes. This is a great way to set yourself up for tons of self-sabotage. It's so self-defeating. It will guarantee that you're frustrated and overwhelmed almost every step of the way. 
So again, I'm not trying to make you feel badly about being ambitious and going out the gate with a great new idea, but I am trying to set you up for more realistic expectations. I've seen it over and over again, especially if you're considering putting out more leveraged passive offerings like online training programs or online coaching programs where there's just so many moving parts that honestly you do not know about until you've gone through the process for yourself. It's so important to just go through the process the first time, baby step by baby step, learning as you go and not putting so much stress and pressure on yourself to try to do something that's as highly produced and as expensive to create as someone who's just way ahead of where you are. It'll be so much easier if you just accept the reality and make it easy for yourself. Let it be easy. There's also going to be some gaps when you're doing any sort of new project or idea, things that you don't know how to do, technology that you don't understand how to use, and simple fixes that you don't know about yet. Someone else does, and someone else could probably handle those a lot faster than you can. I can't tell you how many times when I first created and launched my first ever online training program, I crashed my website like five or six times trying to get the stupid PayPal buttons to integrate and to work correctly. I was trying to do it all on my own on a website that was completely custom coded. It wasn't as easy as things are now in 2015. Um, This was 2008. Everything was custom coded, custom designed. I really should not have been in the back of my website, but I convinced myself that I could figure it out. I could have called my designer who put it together and she would have had it figured out in just a few minutes looking great. But I was being really stubborn, convincing myself that it didn't make sense for me to spend the $75 an hour that she charged to put a button on my page. I could do it myself. At the end of the day, I wasted a ton of time. I crashed my site so many times. It was pulling my hair out. It makes sense to get support when you need it, especially before you start crashing your site or tearing your hair out because you don't know how to use the technology that's required to get this thing out into the world. And it might mean that you need to go out there and get a little bit of training, or you need to find a mentor, a coach, a mastermind partner who can help you fill in the gaps and answer those unanswered questions about what this process is going to look like. It might mean that you need to hire a virtual assistant who can put all the techie pieces together. It's crucial that you think about, will you need support to execute this big idea? Because it'll make your life and your business work so much easier for you. Now that I've gotten off my reality check soapbox, it's time to get into inspired action. First, choose your next big idea. What's the most profitable, sustainable, and fun idea that you can put all of your time, your energy behind for the next 90 days in your business. Once you have that idea clearly defined and picked out, it's time to reverse engineer the action steps to help you get there from the end point all the way to the first step right in front of you. And remember, if you don't know all the action steps right now, and if you've never done this before, you probably won't, 
it's okay. Have faith. You will figure it out as you go along. And you can always fill in those gaps and find out the missing steps as you get additional training, support, or mentorship. Third, as you look at the action steps you've mapped out, can you simplify it? If you can, it'll be so much easier for you and your clients. Remember, you can always iterate. You can always upgrade things as you go on. You won't launch this thing once. You'll probably launch it several times. In fact, I'm counting how many times I've launched Conscious Business Design over the past five years. It's probably been at least a dozen times that I've launched that program. And the difference between the first time and the 12th or 13th or 14th time is so huge. You will learn more. You can upgrade it as you go. Can you simplify? Then can you fill in the gaps? Do you need support? Do you need training on something? Do you need coaching on something? Do you just need to find a mastermind buddy who will review the entire plan with you? Wherever you need to fill in gaps, don't be afraid to reach out and ask for that help. And finally, plug it in. This is where you need to open up your calendar, open up your project management program or tool, and make sure that each baby step, each task is assigned to you or someone on your team, and that you have clear deadlines, you have clear milestones, and things that will help you to make sure that you're on track and everything is going according to plan. If you're loving the Get Fired Up and Focused podcast, it would mean so much to me if you would take a moment to rate and review the podcast in iTunes. When you do, it helps me to reach and serve more amazing entrepreneurs just like yourself who are ready to kiss stress and busy work goodbye. Ready for even more ease and less stress in your business? Get the entire 21-day Fired Up and Focused Challenge plus exclusive bonuses just for podcast listeners delivered to your inbox for free when you visit firedupandfocus.com slash podcast. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you soon on the next episode of Get Fired Up and Focused.